But uh, I would say it is my joy, my honor to be with you uh, tonight and to share the Word of God with you. I'm going to reiterate a lot of things, say them again, that I said in the last message on the church. And today I'm going to say those things, but I've entitled it, uh, The Power of the Head. The Church, Part 3, The Power of the Head, that is, of Jesus Christ. So uh, thank you again and again and again for all of your faithfulness. I would like to say, uh, before we share the word uh, with you tonight, that it is my understanding that um, our governor has relaxed some of the restrictions on public gatherings and many churches around our state will be having services probably in their sanctuaries tonight and even Sunday. But I have chosen not to do that and I wanted you to know why. Uh, Because I would like to continue to watch everything that is going on around us and also just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And having said that, I am not at all saying that those churches that wish uh, to respond to the governor's uh, change uh, are free to do so. And we're not judging them to say that they are wrong, but we are saying that I would like for all of us who are members of the fellowship to just wait a little bit and be extra cautious because we want to do these things for the good of the public and the good of our members. We want to make sure that we have done all that we can to protect them. So I want to thank you for just uh, following that with us. And we're going to be here on social media, of course, tonight and again Sunday and the following Wednesday. And we'll see what happens after that. So stay tuned uh, to us and listen to our announcements whenever we call or write to you. So let us look at the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 1. I want to revisit uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Paul says uh, to the Ephesians church and and also to us, uh, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now this is what he prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And so Paul prayed that the the saints of God, the church, uh, would have an attitude of wisdom, that their whole thought process would be that of wisdom and revelation of Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what he is saying by that, implicit or interwoven in those statements is that you and I would have a a Christ-centered life, a Christ-centered thought life, and that we would be uh, those who receive a revelation of Jesus Christ in everyday activities and through the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. And that uh, this revelation in the knowledge of Christ uh, will do something for us. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we will begin to know things of God, know things that are freely given to us of God, that we'll know the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And so Paul expresses it like, what are the riches, the wealth of this great uh, effulgence, this great glory, this splendor 
um, of the inheritance in the saints. And what God, uh, Paul perhaps is referring to is the fact that Jesus Christ, being the only begotten Son of God, has now become, through his amazing sacrifice and his finished work, has become the first begotten of many brethren. And so that means that all of our sisters and brothers are one in Christ, and, and Christ permeates his body. That is the life of Jesus Christ, the fullness of Jesus, and we'll talk about that perhaps a little bit later, but is in every member of the body of Christ. And he says, and he wants us to have this revelation of what is the exceeding greatness, the greatness that goes far beyond anything that is necessary, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now he says he wants you to know in our audience what is the exceeding greatness of God's power toward you. Not just say, well, it's toward everybody. Certainly, it's toward every, every believer, but, <clears throat> but you must understand it is toward you. Now don't look at everybody and try to, oh, come on all of you. No, it's toward you. You who are listening, the one who feels down and out. The one who feels like, well, God, uh, I need you to rescue me. It's you, the one who is dealing with sickness. His exceeding greatness is for you. And I want you to get that. It's, and his, uh, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now he says, now that the exceeding greatness of his power is according to the working of his mighty power. What, what do you mean, Paul? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand in heavenly places. And what Paul is saying is that the exceeding greatness of God's power toward every single, every individual believer is commensurate with or equal to the greatness of his power that brought about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was dead for those, for those three days. He was in the tomb. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. He had been dead. He was not passed out. The, a spear was thrust in his side, and out of his side came both blood and water. Yes, he was. As we would say in East Texas, he was graveyard dead. And he says, and he brought him back to life. Can you imagine an old log that's been sitting on the riverbank for maybe 50 years that's totally dead, and suddenly, because God speaks, suddenly it's a, a living tree. And this is what he wants you to understand, is that God's power toward you, even in this time, is like the power, commensurate with that power, equal to that power that raised Jesus from the dead. But now he, he shows you a progression. That is a huge thing to raise someone from the dead. Jesus is the only being, only person who has ever been raised from the dead to die no more. So he is the first fruits of all those who slept or all those who died. Paul says this power is resident in you, the individual believer, and you, the corporate body of Christ. Uh, listen to what he says. And he goes out, he says, and, and seated him at his right hand. He, he worked this power in Christ, raised him from the dead, and then took a man, a human, all the way to heaven, and he set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So this is very, very big. And what, what Paul is saying to all of us, this power is at work in you on your behalf. Certainly it is on behalf of the purposes of God, but the purposes of God is that you be filled with the fullness of God individually. I was thinking about this meditating uh, a few days ago, and I was thinking about my, my body, my personal body, 
in that every cell of my body has my full DNA in it. I was reading something some time ago. It says that you can take um, the, uh, the DNA or this uh, a cell, uh, whatever this, this cell information, and if you were, say, for example, um, cloning an ear, it would grow to the right size and stop. It wouldn't just keep, keep, keep growing. So it, it's like all of our, who we are, all of our reality is in every single cell of our body. And what we must understand as well is that all of Christ is in you. It is in you, resident in you. That's what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. So this is all the power that is in you personally right now. And he says, God raised him from the dead and seated him on his uh, right hand. That is uh, a place of power and authority where Jesus is ruling everything. So Paul says, um, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So Paul says that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he has raised him higher to a higher place, given him authority over every principality, every angelic being, every powerful angelic being, everyone who has might and dominion and every name that is named. So there is never any kind of name that is above Jesus. The, the name of cancer is not above the name Jesus. The name coronavirus, COVID-19, name, that name is not above the name Jesus. And this is what he is saying. This is what you and I, as believers, must hold fast to. And it doesn't matter about the criticism. There, it's, the world will always speak from the world. But you are not to believe their report when they come against the name of Jesus. And so he says, and Jesus is seated uh, far above these things in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So that means that eternally, forever and ever, the name Jesus is, not will be so much, but is presently because he lives in the ever-present now. It is forever above every name. There will never ever in the history of the universe, in the history of heaven itself, never ever be a name higher than the name of Jesus. And you should rejoice in that because you name that name of Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 22, he's put all things under his feet. So all things have been put under the feet of the Lord. Even though we don't see it as it were realized or actualized at this particular moment, but he, God has already spoken. So when God speaks, it's not so much that things are as good as done. When God speaks in the realm of God, they're done. Yes, the only thing that keeps you and I from seeing them immediately uh, is time, is space. Time, space. That keeps us from seeing them immediately. And, and I believe that is also ordained of God so that you and I will see the workings of God in real time. And so don't be afraid. You're, you are powerful like your head. So the scripture is talking about how powerful our head is, and you and I are powerful like our head. You and I are complete in our head. Now notice what he says. That means that all that is of the head is also in every body, in every member of the body, in, as it were, in every cell of the body. 
and put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Now notice when he says all things uh, to the church, head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And what he wants you to understand is that the head is not very, very powerful and the body puny. No, the, bo the body is also power powerful. And what Paul is saying here in Ephesians is that as the head is, so is the body. The head has this great power. And so also that reality rests in the body. The fullness of Christ is invested also in his body. It, it, and that means that it is, in, is it, it is controlled. It is managed. All his power is controlled, is managed, is synchronized by the head. Wow. So that means that at any juncture, Christ could have all believers all over the world saying the exact same thing. And I always laugh when people say exact same. But they would say the exact thing, uh, the same thing at the same moment. That's amazing. He could do that he, because he has that power to synchronize that. So it's not like he is a puppet master. He is not a puppet master. It is just that the life of the head is given to the body. And he wants us to understand that this body is a powerful body. And so when we talk about uh, these things, Paul tells us uh, he wanted the believers to know the incomparable great power for us who believe. Um, that word power, dunamis, we talked about it last time. I wanted to reiterate because I want to show that all that the head is, it, the body is. But the body does not act independently of the head, but in concert with the head. It, it, it acts purposefully by the authority of the head. So Jesus is just so wonderful and amazing. So he has exercised this amazing power, and this, this power overcomes any resistance. And it's important that I uh, reiterate this to you in, in the audience today, that this power that is in the church overcomes resistance. It always overcomes resistance. And uh, this, the word for power here in the Greek, it underscores and amplifies the magnitude of God's great power. So the Lord allows us, God the Father allows us, and maybe even at some t in some instances, he causes us to walk in difficult paths so we will know the greatness of this power. So we will know the magnitude of this great power for us who believe. You know, let's just trust God and know that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think or imagine that we have this dunamis in us, dunamis, uh, you know, like dynamite. It would be like dynamite. What is in us is dynamic. It's active. It's a, a, a great and moving uh, life and a great moving force. So he wants us to know that this energetic power was exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him uh, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Realms, And so this power is now invested in you. It's right now, it's available for you, and it is presently in you. It is available and in you. But it is not in you to do as you will. For example, um, you know, if you've noticed how the Lord works uh, in the church and what he's doing, I believe, is just working all of this reality into the church worldwide. God doesn't want a huge right arm. I remember seeing a, 
the Popeye movie when I was younger. Uh, this Popeye, old Popeye had a huge arm, big old arm. <laughs> and uh, you know, so God's not interested in having some freak of nature, so to speak, this huge arm. You know, no, we, we are in America, we have the big arm. No, no, what God is doing is through Christ, working all of Christ's reality in all of the body. That's what's going on right now around the world. And I'm so grateful that those of you in our audience are a part of this great move of God. And so this amazing source of spiritual power and strength for living the Christian life is resident in you. Everything you need to live the Christian life is resident in you. And don't despair when you, as it were, fail, when you stumble. You don't do something uh, exactly correctly. We've all done that. Every, every person in the body of Christ has made mistakes since they were saved. You, it, it's impossible to say, I've never made a mistake. That would be one right there, all right? But that means that you recover. You have not stumbled as to have fallen. No, no, because he is able to keep you from falling. That means in an eternal sense. He is able to keep you from falling. He is able to keep you from perishing. Yeah, he is able. And not only is he able, he is willing. So Christ extension to the uh, to the throne of God means that Jesus is over every authority both human and superhuman so the second thing that, that Paul was saying and I'm just uh, going over it uh, again and again because I want you to have this I want you to brave every contrary wind I, I want you to as it were be able to swim upstream or against the tide uh, it, not just have everything favorable uh, so that you will be okay. You know, sometimes we need favorable conditions for us to be okay. That's not what God is after. He is after you being all right in the worst of situations and circumstances. As Paul said in, in his uh, epistle to the Corinthians, that uh, they had encountered great uh, tribulations and problems in Asia. They even despaired of life. He says, and it happened so that they would, uh, they had the sentence of death, he said, uh, in them, and God allowed it so that they would not trust in themselves. So God brings us to a place where we have no solution in ourselves, in our, in our mentality or whatever. And God brings us to that place so that we will not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. God who raises the dead. God who raises the dead. And so uh, Jesus now, uh, the second manifestation is all things under his feet. That just means that, that Adam lost all of the uh, all of that God had given to him, his headship. He lost it to Satan when he sinned. Jesus overcame Satan in the garden and on the cross. He overcame Satan and he regained all that Adam lost. And not only that, but in, in addition, he is bringing many, many, many sons to glory. Like maybe perhaps billions of sons. Wow, that's huge to glory. That is bringing them to the presence of God and presenting them. And then what the scripture says is that God has an inheritance in us. That is now God has many, 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 many sons. That is who are, who are just like Jesus. That's amazing. Yeah, no, we're not Jesus. No, we're not God Almighty. No, but we're just like him. We have all of his, as it were, DNA in us. And this uh, third manifestation uh, that I've, try to express tonight is his headship of the church his headship of the church so that means that all that is in the head these great and glorious things that we have just shared with you from the scriptures uh, they're all in the church I, I've told you that this message 
uh, was born out of Bishop Gerald Glenn's uh, mighty uh, confession and statement of belief. Uh, he was uh, the pastor of New Deliverance Evangelistic Church in Virginia, and uh, Bishop Glenn uh, said some amazing things. And I, 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 just because some in the media would attack those things, I don't want you to say, yeah, I'm ashamed to say who God is and what I believe God to be. You can believe everything that the Bible says God is. You can believe everything that Jesus says that he is. You can believe that and should believe that. And not to believe that and to be afraid that someone's going to criticize you is to deny him. Not betray him, but to deny him. Can you imagine? The Apostle Peter, great, great man, wonderful man. Do you know he had to carry the thought that he denied the Lord to his death? Yeah. So you don't want to deny the Lord in the face of public pressure. Do not deny the Lord in the face of public pressure. Uh, Bishop Glenn said, I firmly believe that God is bigger than the virus. I, I firmly believe that too. And I would love to have a, a billion believers around the world saying, I firmly believe that too. You know, like I'm Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. Remember that? And then he says that he is bigger than our struggles. He is bigger than our struggles. So whatever you're going through tonight, God is bigger than your struggles. That means that Jesus, your head, has the inherent power to do something about your struggle. What if he just wants you to continue in the struggle until you break free of the struggle, whether in this life or the next? It doesn't matter, but you're, you're going to break through. As surely as the butterfly comes out of the cocoon, you're going to break free, never to be what you were before. This is amazing. This is amazing. The church is a powerful organism and entity. I call it an organism before it is an organization and because organization comes from organism, which is um, an amazing design, an orderly design. But the church is a living entity, whether we are in Corpus Christi, Texas, or, or Lome, or uh, wherever we are in the world. We are in uh, Afghanistan. It doesn't matter where we are or, or in India. We are still the church of Jesus Christ and we have the same reality in India as we have in America we have the same in the UK as we have in Ghana or Zimbabwe or the same in the Philippines as, as we have in Mexico this is amazing what God has done it is a real body so I'm asking you don't be afraid to speak the truth as it is in Christ he said that God is bigger than coronavirus and uh, he says, if I die, I'm not worried about that. I will not be afraid. The scripture is full of verses that says that fear not, fear not, fear not. And says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-discipline. I want to just share briefly with you again the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the th these three Hebrew young men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah was their Jewish names. And the, when the king made a uh, an image for them to worship and bow down to, they would not. And so the king, the king had a fiery furnace uh, already set up to destroy everybody who would not. So uh, these young men said, O, o Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon, is present-day Iraq. He said, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need because they were brought up on charges. If that is the case, our God whom we serve, if you're going to throw us in the fire furnace, the God whom we serve, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. But if God does not deliver us, he said, but 
If not, if he chooses not to do it in this life, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you set up. This is not an act of defiance, but of worship. These people of God took a position which I am sure that if we were and should take that position today, it would be questioned by so many in the world and also in the visible church. Many in the visible church take an um, often take an advantageous political position rather than a despised biblical one. They take an advantageous, a temporarily advantageous political uh, position rather than a, a, a despised and biblical one. Despised by the world, but not by us. But Daniel and Daniel's friends positioned themselves uh, their position rather was, they positioned themselves on the side of God. Their position was a statement of faith made at great risk, not in defiance. Yes, they did defy the order, but it was made in faith. The fallout was, was that they resisted. We also have another story in the scriptures about Esther. Esther, uh, Esther is a beautiful story where there was a wicked uh, uh, royal official in Ahasuerus' uh, cabinet named Haman who hated the Jewish people and he wanted to kill uh, all Jewish people. And this news came to Mordecai, Esther's, um, the book of Esther, it's in the book of Esther, uh, Esther's uncle. Um, he came to Mordecai, uh, and he, he was her close relative. And in this particular story, uh, he went to Esther to tell her she had to do something because she was now married to the king. It's a long story, beautiful story, but she was now married to the king. And she said, wait a minute, I can't do that because uh, if, uh, if I go in and he, and he doesn't hold out the, the scepter, uh, I'm dead. That's their law. I'm dead. I can't do it. So Mordecai said, you got to do it. And this is what I want to read in verse 14, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. You should read the whole book when you can. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And when I read this, I thought about Bishop Glenn, who is now passed on. He is now in heaven rejoicing with all the saints of God. But here we are, now I am and others, are preaching about his testimony. He died with a good testimony. He died in obedience. That's, a, that's the way we all want to die. And Esther said, uh, 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 Mordecai, rather, said, who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther told him, go gather all the Jewish people present, uh, present in, in the Shushan, or the capital city. Fast for me. Don't eat. Don't eat. Don't drink for three days and nights. My maids and I will fast also. So I will go to the king, which is against the law. Which I will go to the king. No, I'm not lawless, but I will go. It's against their law. I will go to the king. And if I perish... I perish. If I perish, I perish. But we are to follow the, the, the voice of God, not the spirit of this age. The, the spirit, he has delivered us from the spirit of this age. The spirit of disobedience. The spirit of self-will. Uh, the, the Paul tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness. The enemy, Satan, has captured the minds of so many, and we wrestle against that. That's why we have to take the whole armor of God. For the church of God is the voice of God in the world, and when God speaks, he speaks 
through his church. I would like for those of us in the audience today to really lay hold of the truth of God. Lay hold of the truth of God and never let that go. Always embrace the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of being criticized. Don't be afraid that somebody's going to think you're, you're a nut job. They're going to think you're wacky because you believe that God heals. God does heal. And those who have said that spoke the truth. God is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And he does that through Jesus Christ. And he does that in and through his body on the earth. Jesus left his body in charge. Do my business until I come back. So I charge you in my audience, never give up, never fail, never falter. Always believe, always trust in God. If you're in my audience today, this audience today, I want you, to, you don't know Jesus, I want you to now make up your mind immediately. Perhaps you've already made up your mind and say, no, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus Christ today. I want Jesus to become my life and I want his reality to be in me so that I'm able then to resist everything that the spirit of this age uh, and the, the God of this world brings against me, that old satanic spirit. There are many who are captive by, uh, by that spirit and they don't know they're captives. They have no idea that they are captives, but they are captives. And, and you cannot be delivered until you ask the spirit of God to show you you're a captive. Uh, those of you you can, you can say, as the scripture says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on, on him, on the Lord, will not be put to shame. And that's what you can do right now, and you will be born again, and God will work with you. We love you, and I'm going to come right back after this song.